grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. O Lord God, we bring before you the cries of a sorrowing world. In your mercy, set us free from the chains that bind us and defend us from everything that is evil. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Reading from 1 Kings. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then Elijah was afraid. He got up and he fled for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. He left his servant there. But Elijah himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then Elijah lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly, an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. He looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him, and said, Get up and eat, otherwise your journey will be too much for you. He got up, ate, and drank, and then he went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Oreb, the mount of God. At that place he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, Go. Return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. 
Word of God, Word of Life.
The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Then Jesus and his disciples arrived at the country of Garanzes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time, this man had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus asked the man, what is your name? He said, legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside was a large herd of swine feeding. And the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine. And the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swineherds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country asked Jesus to leave them. For they were seized with great fear. So Jesus got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Take a chill pill. Calm down, relax. Easier said than done. We seem hardwired to freak out when anxiety or fear take over. It's the fight or flight response we've been told. Like animals reacting to threats to their safety, it's natural for us to respond quickly, too. So to stand back, to think rationally, take a breath, to practice meditation, these are all good things when we feel out of control. But our first response is to freak out. So when are your insides not so calm? And you'd do well to take a chill pill. I get that way when there's some technology glitch in some program or something on my computer I cannot figure it out after hours. Or when I rush too much. Or when I don't move in traffic 
or when I'm late for an appointment, or when my email box feels unmanageable, or when someone pushes my buttons and I forget that much of their unreasonableness or anger comes from their own place of pain or vulnerability. Today we join the Elijah story, already in progress. Our lectionary has five weeks of Elijah narratives, but due to a late Easter, we join it in week four. Full disclosure, before I did some Elijah refresher work for this sermon, I think I would have failed a test on this most important figure, a significant figure in the Hebrew scriptures. Not only is Elijah co-star at the transfiguration of Jesus, he ascended to heaven in a chariot of fire, next week's reading. He's connected mysteriously to John the Baptist in the New Testament. Jews leave a place for him, an empty place for him at their Passover meals. And when we were in the Balkans just weeks ago, there were churches dedicated to him. They were called Saint Elias in Greek and Macedonia, Macedonian. And I had no idea that that was actually Saint Elijah. Before today's passage, Elijah is in charge, calm, cool, collected, everything going his way. You could call him a super prophet. He confronts kings and followers of Baal, considered the false god of the Canaanites. He performs miracles, raises a dead child, and calls down lightning from heaven. But after Elijah kills the false prophets of Queen Jezebel, she makes death threats against him, and he flees for his life, fight or flight. He's filled with self-doubt. He thinks he might be better off dead. Oh my, was Elijah thinking of taking his life? Maybe from our 21st century perspective, he needs a chill pill or a therapist, or some meditation, or some deep breathing, some reflection, a dose of hope. But Elijah's difficulties, they lead to some amazing things. First, after feeling sorry for himself and getting it out of his system, God meets Elijah where he is. He falls asleep under a broom tree. Mm, we get it. When we're overwhelmed or depressed, we just want to go to sleep, too. An angel comes, though, and gives Elijah a hot cake and some water and says, Get up! You have strength for your journey now. It reminds me of us coming to this table each week to receive energy and sustenance for our week ahead. And then next comes the part that Elijah is most known for retold in countless sermons or hymns or images that you may recognize. It goes like this. God tells Elijah to go to the mouth of a cave, for he is going to meet God face to face, just like Moses did. Yet there's a big surprise. Elijah experiences an earthquake, wind and fire, but the Lord was not in any of those Instead, God comes to Elijah in the sound of sheer silence. Or the better Hebrew translation would be a gentle whisper. Or the words that some of us know are a still, small voice. After the storm comes calm, 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 what we so fiercely desire but often eludes us, inner peace. The sense that everything is or will be okay. 
the assurance that we're not alone and God is with us. Holy chill. Mystics through the ages have spoken of a divine presence that comes in silence, in nothingness, in emptiness. Maybe that is why in our busy, frantic lives, so many of us are turning to our breath or to mindfulness or meditation or being in the moment. And after all this, Elijah is ready to go on with his calling. But then there's that gospel and all those pigs that I've never preached on. And I think I gave it to one of our other members when I was on vacation one year. So only a few things about this strange, wild man who's anything but calm. He tells Jesus that his name is Legion, for the demons of his life and his own physical and psychological wounds are countless. The text suggests that Legion is not in his right mind. Yet Jesus releases the demons and heals him. Previously, he's been running around naked like a wild man. And now the people see him clothed, clothed, and in his right mind. And like Elijah, Legion re-enters life, telling everyone what the man called Jesus had done for him. Okay. I'm not exactly sure what being in our right mind means, but I do have a sense that mental illness is on a continuum, that it could happen to any of us at some point in our lives. Or to say it differently, haven't we all been a little bit out of our minds at some point when stress takes over? when we fall crazy in love, when grief envelops us, or when we don't know whether we can make it through the night. There's less stigma with mental illness than decades ago, yet so much more work needs to be done. Churches should be safe places where we can be vulnerable where we can accept and embrace one another even when we're not calm or especially when our lives seem out of control. Several weeks ago, our synod passed a resolution asking that congregations have resources available to assist people struggling with clinical depression and loneliness and that they provide support for those who've lost loved ones to suicide, even as we join our denomination in its commitment to suicide prevention. No surprise that these days it seems that everybody's a bit out of control, especially in the political and social media sphere. We all overreact. Now, there are injustices worth getting worked up about. But the stress of constant shock and constant anger cannot be sustained. It's not good for our bodies. What are we to do about these times in which we live? One Buddhist writer suggests that we need to practice equanimity, holding two things in tension at the same time. Non-binary things are very difficult, and this is as well. First, we need to simply accept that this is the way people are, and life is. Maybe in theology we would call it sin, or in other places we'd call it the human condition. Life is unfair, and human beings often look out only for themselves and their own kind. Accept that reality. Chill out a bit. But then. 
But then, from that calm inner place, do everything to vanquish injustice and inequality with every ounce of your being. Hold them both. As a child, I loved the hymn that we will sing in a few moments. And I'll be so curious, maybe I should ask at the announcements, how many of you recognize it or grew up singing it? Back then, as a youngster, it was probably the music, the tune, the harmony that touched me. But in light of Legion, the wild man, and Elijah, and all of us who confront worry and stress, lines of the hymn jump out at me this day in new ways. In fact, let these words be a prayer for all of us. A prayer for some holy chill. Reclothe us in our rightful mind. Take from our souls the strain and stress. Speak through the earthquake, wind, and fire. O still, small voice of calm.
rejoicing in the good news of God come near. Let us pray for the church, those in need, and all of God's creation. Let us pray for the church around the world, that in every place it may find its unity in Christ and live out the gospel in freedom and joy. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for our home, the earth, beautiful beyond words and yet everywhere threatened with destruction. Let us pray for its health and salvation. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for the peoples of the earth, that where there is discord and oppression, justice may be done and your peace known. We remember the many who are killed and injured by gun violence in our city and country every year. Bring healing and strength to the victims of violence. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for migrants, refugees, and asylum seekers. Grant them peace and provision in times of uncertainty. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for those who suffer, that the sick may know God's healing, the tormented may know God's still small voice of calm, and the despairing may know God's hope. We pray especially for those we name now, either aloud or in our hearts. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for this congregation, that in this place we may proclaim the gospel without fear, boldly declaring how much God has done for us. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us give thanks to God for Blessed Mary, John the Baptist, Philip Melanchthon, Cyril, Irenaeus, Peter, Paul, and all the saints whose lives proclaim God's faithfulness even beyond the grave. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O God of compassion, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your great mercy, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. What a joy and delight to gather on this beautiful summer morning with you, the people of God, and a warm welcome to all of you. Whatever stress you might be carrying today and whatever ways you find to help you chill out a bit and dwell in the eternal moment. Um, those of you joining us for the first time or whether you've been coming for weeks, we add whatever the color of your skin, who you love and marry, your gender identity, how you vote, how you think about life. This is a place that not only do we want to welcome everybody, but just as important that we go forth to honor one another created in the image of God as we live our faith in our daily lives. If you'll turn with me to page 14, you'll notice announcements of things coming up, information about marching with our congregation in the annual Pride Parade, uh, and there's a sign-up sheet in the back. You also can uh, talk to Pastor Sevek after worship about that. You'll notice um, later that afternoon, our own member, Nora Schaefer, will be giving a recital here at 4 p.m. Okay. Um, you'll also see that we have our beloved Vicar Noah only with us about another month, so 
take all these days in as life is short with him and then mark your calendar if you're in town to join us for his farewell weekend Noah Palooza on July 27th and 28th. Also, we will be having a service in our garden, a quieter contemplative service on two Sundays this summer, July 14th and August 11th uh, at 8 a.m. in our quiet garden. We hope there will be no rain on those days. And now, we come from many different backgrounds. Well, let's just do like an informal survey. How many of us did grow up Lutheran and uh, Roman Catholic and other Protestant? and other religions, and how many of us sort of grew up unreligious? That's always a very interesting way, and we welcome those folks too, because it's like a blank slate for them in, in many ways. How many of you then did recognize the hymn of the day, Dear Lord and Father of Mankind? That's what it used to be called, Dear Lord and Father of Mankind, which is probably why it hasn't been sung in a long time, <laughs> and we uh, changed the words of the first line. We now continue as we celebrate Holy Communion and we feast at the table of the Lord.
holy God, you alone are holy, you alone are God. The universe declares your praise beyond the stars, beneath the sea, within each cell, with every breath. We praise you, O God. Generations bless your faithfulness through the water by night and day, across the wilderness, out of exile, and into the future. We bless you, O God. We bless you, O God. We give you thanks for your dear Son at the heart of human life, near to those who suffer, beside the sinner, among the poor, with us now. We thank you, O God. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering his love for us, on the way, at the table, and to the end, we proclaim the mystery of faith. We pray for the gift of your spirit in our gathering within this meal among your people throughout the world. Blessing, praise, and thanks to you, holy God, through Christ Jesus, by your spirit, in your church without end. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Only say the word, O Lord, and we shall be healed.
us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And may the blessing of the Holy Trinity, one God, remain with you always. Amen. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.